But what in your mind makes you think I have pull with Wizards of the Coast? What can you bench? No more than 225 right now, okay? And that scares all those nerds over in the West Coast. <laughs> have you seen some of those guys that show up to F&M? It is crazy. No, no, that's F&M. I'm talking about Wizards of the Coast. Go just flex in front of Mark Rosewater or Gavin Verhey <laughs> and be like, we need this art now. You- Welcome to This Week in MTG with your hosts, Matt Olson, JB, and Danny Oakstad. Hello and welcome, Magic Folk, to episode 121 of This Week in MTG, your aggregate news source for all things Magic the Gathering. We're your hosts. I'm Matt. Over there we have Big G. Hey, it's just me. Just Big G tonight. Just me. It's it's a it's a small party, small crew this evening, but uh, you know, still give you grade A content at our Midwest finest, our North Dakotan finest here. Fueled by beer and liquor. North Dakota beer and liquor. hundred percent uh, grain and barley and fueled. Yeah, that, that's all we really got for that one. We're, we're drinking and talking about magic and probably going to crack some jokes here and there. So, Of course. Yeah. That's what we do in, the, in this. And if this is your first time listening, there's a rundown of what you're going to be dealing with for the rest of this uh, hour and a half of us talking. So let's jump as fastly into what we got there. Oh, hold on. Was there whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't skip. Don't skip over our amazing Patreons. Oh, I was going to be jumping into that. Well, you made it sound like you were going to jump into the breakdown and skip right over the Patreons. Fair enough. I understand that. Yeah. We're, we got some amazing patrons that we got to thank first here because they're amazing. Big G was one of them. He is now ascended past patron to here, on, here, on the here podcast. I, here I am, one of the co-hosts on not a guest status anymore. I actually have a regular schedule. Yeah, we're going to have to update the, the, the Twitters and our descriptions because it just says... Uh, Matt, Danny, and JB. And now we got to put Big G in there. Well, now it's four schmucks with microphones. Ooh, that t-shirt got to get revised. Just put like a, a Sharpie, like make it look like a Sharpie crossed over the three. <laughs> just right in four. Oh, even better, Cran. Looks like Cran wrote over the three. How did JB pick up the Cran, though? He's so small and the Cran is so big. He taught a dog. He may be small, but if a, you have treats, you can still train a dog. All right, all right. I mean, I would But what if the dog would confuse JB with the treat, though? I was though? just about to say, but on JB's case, he might have had a couple times where he was mistaken for the treat. Well, here's... he's the, a sweet little boggle. Here's the thing. I'm no longer a Patreon, but we do have some amazing Patreons. Who are some of the Patreons? Some of the Patreons are Wade97, Chapman, D. Moose, Amu the Fox, Colin, Noah, Slade, Third String Chapman, Nikki, No Modifier, Steve, and Jacob. Thank you to each and every one of you for supporting this content. It is flipping ridiculous that you think that it is worth watching. Uh, hopefully, you will continue, and we'll keep pumping out this content. But you don't have to be a patron to enjoy this content. It's free for everybody. But uh, you do get a couple perks of being a patron. You get put into monthly drawings for booster packs and a commander card. 
we have oh shit no i didn't post the we didn't pick did we i didn't yeah i didn't post the uh the list of cards for next month's drawing but for next month's drawing we're gonna give set boosters away of kamigawa yay if we get to 15 patrons there'll be three boosters given away for every five patrons there's another booster pack that gets put in so and what's the magic number for a winner box tournament again? Uh, JB said 20. Okay, well, there we go. Get to 20, guys. Get Let's to 20, get to we'll 20. Spread we'll the word. Something out there. But at the, so that's at the $3 tier for the booster packs. At the $10 tier, you get put in for a card. Along with uh, being a patron, you can also support us by buying playmats. We have playmats. I just sent out two playmats. Uh, one of our uh, Discord followers, Christian. Oh, nice. Sent it to Germany. I will not stop at borders for sending stuff. So if you're across the pond or something, I will send you a playmat. If you want a playmat, hit me up. Uh, Discord, Twitter, Facebook, all that jazz. But also, if you guys want to sponsor us, or not sponsors, if you guys want to help us out in any way, go check out our amazing sponsor, J-Dubs Sports Cards and Gaming. Let's hear an ad from them now. JDub Sports Cards and Gaming, located in West Acres Mall in Fargo, is your one-stop shop for all your Magic the Gathering needs. In the store, you will find a huge selection of sleeves, playmats, and dice for you to personalize your battlefield with. Along with having a large variety of singles in their display cases, there are also binders and boxes for you to browse through. That much selection means that you will always find something you are looking for. J-Dubs is also the place to gather to play a wide array of formats with friends in the community. There is Commander League on Thursday nights, Modern League on Saturday afternoons, and Legacy Leagues on Sunday afternoons. And who can forget Friday Night Magic every Friday evening. J-Dubs has it all, Amonkhet to Zendikar and ways to sleeve, shuffle, and spell sling. Now let's get back to the episode. Hey, that was an amazing ad read, though. Yeah. Also, with J-Dubs, they have announced... Uh, oh, first off, we got two things. Their <laughs> Tuesday trade uh, their Tuesday trade night that they were doing, they changed it. They now have a trade Facebook group, which we will link down below. So it's specifically for trading. There's no buying, no selling. It's all trade, card for card, tit for tat, uh, no cash. Yep. And, uh, right now, as of now, since they opened, there is a football card that is getting traded. Because J-Dubs not only does magic cards, but they do sports cards, Yu-Gi-Oh!, Digimon, Pokemon, and all this other stuff. So they do trades and stuff there. But along with their uh, their, Tuesday, their their new Facebook group, they have a super card trading show happening February 12th. It's a Saturday at 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., over at their location at the West Acres Mall. Did you see this? I saw the event. Um, and I know I've gone to a couple of them in the past. I've just walked through. And these ones are, at least they have been, a little bit more like sports card, Pokemon card focused. I mean, that's how they always go. Like those are the two like titans of the card world and stuff. But there will be magic cards there as well. Uh, Chun, it's trading for anything on there. So... Magic, the Gathering, Pokemon, sports, all that kind of stuff. Indeed. And uh, basically the only rule is, like Matt said, no, hey, I'm looking to buy, I'm looking to sell. And they, um, when you join the group on there, Josh has the kind of how to do things listed pretty well in the group. And it's one of the pin posts, so it's right at the top. Yep. Uh, 
essentially you just be like, I'm looking for this and I have this that I'm willing for trade. So it's like, I have a $20 card. I'm looking for a $20 card. and I have this $20 card who wants to trade. And I think they even have it set up too, where you can like go drop off the card with Josh once a trade is made. And then they will let you know when the trade has been done. Yes. Josh is extremely good for stuff like that. I've done it in the past uh, with cards and booster packs. Slade just picked up uh, his booster pack. Heck yeah. He better got something good out of it. He got uh, an etched marsh flats, if I'm not mistaken. I think good for like, him. And then like two other good things. Uh, you'll have to hit him up to double check. Uh, so with that uh, super card, uh, super card show that is happening the 12th, uh, join JDubs as they host their sports cards and gaming card show. Will be located in their new event center connected to the store, and it is free admission. So that is our sponsor, JDubs Sports Cards and Gaming. Now let's jump to the breakdown where we lay out how this episode is going to be. Uh, done for y'all here starting off we're gonna go over to the boggle desk with a big g what up after that uh in the at the boggle desk we're going to talk about the modern super qualifiers specifically give a talk of there a lot of death shadow after that we're going to talk about some upcoming events with the arena zone championships and arena mad science event that is going on from there, we've got a couple blog tugs, and then we're going to jump into the news where we are going to cover something that we missed from when we came back, and then talk about some challenger decks, Kamigawa news, Planeswalker, the power metal band again, because, you know, I'm a sucker for this stuff, and there is a giveaway, not our giveaway, but there's a giveaway that we thought was going to be super cool for y'all to know. And after that, we're going to jump into the conjured currency section where we talk about magic finance, and then we're going to talk about, in the Deck of the Week section, about one of my decks. I figured it would be kind of cool to talk about this brew that I got going on. And then, after that, y'all can go home. I feel like I need to be Danny right now. Matt, they're already home. Oh, man, I really thought Danny was in the office here. I know, it's really weird. It was so good. <laughs> you hang around Danny too much. <laughs> uh, fuck blue. Yes. Yeah, there we go. I think we've met our Danny quota for tonight. Shut up. Oh, it's going to keep going. It's going to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's jump o- uh, jump right into this over at the Boggle Desk. All right, first off, Salt Report. I actually have one. Uh, we're not talking about it. It's, what the fuck? It's the JB Salt Report. Ooh, do you? Okay, I do. And you know the fun part about this is? What's that? My salt report is from here in this office. Was it from last week? It was from fucking last week, you <laughs> jackass. So here I am. I have Danny pick my deck and the way I've been doing this lately with my commander decks because the ones that are built right now are pretty, are more fine-tuned than others. Um, I just, I put my deck boxes out there and those who play me quite often know my colors and know you know, what decks are in which colors, and maybe I just need to switch that up every now and then and trick people around, but either way. Yep, yep. I just look at them and go, hey, here are your three colors. They're all relatively same power level. Pick color. So he picks a color. He picks my mono black Lilian deck, and then from there, you know, Matt and Danny pick their decks. Matt pick or Danny picks his group hug deck, which was fun. His uh, Sheriff of, or his Robin Hood deck. It's piloted by Kenrith. It's five color. And then you want to tell the listeners what you decide to do? I've talked about it in the past. I have I a, a Verena, an Esper Verena zombie deck, and it is very zombie-themed. 
it's a very well-built deck. I did enjoy it. The salt part comes to me. I'm sitting here. It's basically that that point of the commander game where someone's going to fire off. It's either going to get stopped, and then the next person's going to fire off and win, or the next person's going to fire off and win. It was basically a, within this turn rotation, the game is done. Yeah, we all had pretty solid board states. And I'm sitting here in my hand. I've got I've got wrath effects. I've got ways to just make people get rid of shits with torment of hailfire. But the downside is, someone has a bunch of shit on their side of the board that can just be recurred. Zombies right away. Oh yeah. And then the salt part of it isn't even that. It's the fact that you had so much shit I couldn't see everything to realize that all your creatures had undying. Yeah, so so what he's talking about here. Uh, the board went through like two board wipes on my part, and I rebuilt pretty... You rebuilt damn quick. The living end really helped you out there. Yeah, because I... Uh, uh, Big G and Danny both, they probably had, what, like three, five creatures and stuff in their... Yeah, not too much. In their graveyards, and I had like 12, 15 because I kept milling myself and just like loading up my graveyard. But anyways, on the board, I had a Navineral... Urborg Tyrant, and I had Machaeus the Unhallowed. The Machaeus just killed me, and I didn't even see it. It is really good. So I had a bunch of uh, a bunch of zombies, and that, and there was a bunch of enchantments on the board on Danny's side with uh, Navineral. It's like a Navineral's disc, yep. And I can pop it when it dies, pay the one, and then blow up everything else, uh, like what a Navineral does: enchantments, artifacts, creatures, and. With the Undying trigger, you can stack it to where Navineral comes back with the Undying, and you still get all the creature, to- all the the, the tap zombies yeah. from Navineral and ETBs of everything that left. So I put myself in a lead that where they could not come back from. Yeah, you did damn good. It just sucks. But uh, Dizzy, we're drinking some Drekkers. Yeah. Uh, brains specifically. Well, I think I think I'm on the. I think I switched oh. over to that fruity pebbles one. You got the fruity pebbles one. Yeah. Yeah. I got the prickly pear strawberry guava yep. brains. You want to try this one? Are we down to try? You said you hadn't tried this one yet. I have not tried the fruity pebbles one. There you go, buddy. All right. So there's the salt report. You know, just some, just some fun. Oh, that is fruity right. Pebbles. Right. Just some friends having fun playing a game. And it, and it came to the point where game was done. It didn't play in my favor. Doesn't always, but it's always fun to play. I hadn't gotten to play in a while, so I do appreciate playing my Verena deck. There you go. It's one of my favorites. I mean, clearly I played so. So we've got the modern super qualifier results for you, and we're going to do a quick rundown of this because if you didn't hear Matt at the beginning, quite a number of Death Shadow decks. So they're going to be very similar probably some minor differences which just the quick glance wasn't too much of a difference in the top two which is top two decks are death shadows decks so this first one we've got four death shadows four dragon range channelers two croxas and four ragavans and then jumping in the sorceries explosive iteration two inquisitions of kozlek four thought seizes four drown in the lock one culligan's command two lightning bolts four unholy heats four Mishra's Baubles for the artifacts, two Dress Downs for enchantments, and then lands, we've got two Blood Crypts, four Bloodstained Mires, four Polluted Deltas, three Scalding Tarns, one Snow-Covered Mountain and one Snow-Covered Swamp, two Steam Vents, and two Watery Graves. 
Jumping in the sideboard, we've got some more Culligan's commands with two of them, an exploded or engineered explosives, two Nile spell bombs, two spell pierces, two Torax, the dread contour, two Alpine moons, one Luris, so yes, this is a companion deck, and then one Snapcaster Mage and two Terminates. What you think of this one? I mean, Death Shadow's coming back a little bit, which is nice. Yeah, it's uh it's pretty stock and it's like very versatile. They're definitely using, you know, uh the Death Shadow dress down interactions and you can draw into it very easily with Mishra's Bobble and having Lurus out. Yeah. So you're having Drown the Locks to help protect it, but you're also like keeping the board clear with unholy heats and lightning bolts. The fact uh with two terminates in the sideboard, they are totally respecting the Merktide Regents. There yep. you go. They're they're respecting Merktide Regents in game two because that is definitely something they got to deal with. But also in the main board, Thought Seizes does pluck those out of their hand pretty good. True that, true that. All right, and then that deck was played by Fur MTG. Yeah, F-E-R, MTG, Fur. There we go. And then second place is Zack Attack, 23. He is also playing, or she, they are also playing a Death Shadow deck. Uh, creatures are exactly the same. Four Death Shadow, four Dragon Range Channelers, two Croxes, and four Regavans. And spells different? No? Yes. Yes, they are. That's right. There is a single Fatal Push, and they, they traded the two Lightning Bolts for a Fatal Push Lightning Bolt. And that's oh, I was looking at just the sorceries. It didn't work down to the instance yet, but yeah. Oh, my bad. That's all good. All good. But yeah, like we said, there's that little bit of difference with the fatal push. Instant are the artifacts are the same, the enchantments are the same, and the only difference with the land is they're not doing snow covered really. And then they actually have three blood crypts instead of two, along with just one steam vent instead of two. And then the sideboard. We've got an additional dress down, two Alpine Moon, one Gut Shot, one Nile Spellbomb, two Spell Pierces, two Torox, one K Command, one Engineered Explosives. Again, this is a Loris deck. And then one Soul Guide Lantern and two Terminates. Again, pretty standard. I mean, didn't know we were trying to convince you to run a Death Shadows deck, right? Yeah, you guys have been. But I am a hipster when it comes. But I think I'm starting to come around because, I don't know, I just want to try at least have a deck that is on the same power level. Like I make jank, I make jank decks, but at some point it's like, I'd like to win a little more. I know. And that's, I need to, yeah, that one you got to mix up a little bit. Like I like to have a different deck, but then I also need to remember, Hey, you know, and I do want to get points in like modern league or I want to win modern F and M's or these bigger modern tournaments that we have around the area. And, you know, just stop trying to be fun and cheeky all the time and just be consistent with some decks. You lag. You lag. This is really good. <laughs> that is dangerously good. That one was, that's another one of the the recipe the first time round. Just, I don't need to change it. I wrote everything down. Don't need to change it. So, all right, let's jump into third place a little bit. It looks like... This is looking, yep, mill, uh, a mill. This is a, no, no, no. This no. is a flash from the past if you didn't, if you didn't see Oh, it see is dredge. This. There we go. It is fucking Vegvine, man. Vegvine dredge. I dig it. 
So much. All right, let's get into this here. We've got creatures, creature heavy on this one. So three grave callers, four hedron crabs, four merfolk secret keepers, three, uh, oh, Jesus. Narcomoeba. Thank you. Four prized amalgams, three rotting rats, four stitcher supplier, four venge vines, one wander, four creeping chills for the spells, and two glimpse of the unthinkables. And the instance otherworldly gaze, we've got four of those. And the lands, we've got one breeding pool, two islands, four misty rainforests, one overgrown tomb, four polluted deltas, one swamp, four verdant catacombs, and three watery graves. Jumping into the sideboard, we've got two assassins trophies, four force of negations, two natural states, two tarmogoyce, one dark blast, two leyline of the void, and two subtleties. This deck is Oof. fire and, again, a flash from the past. Uh, so I don't think we've talked about this deck a lot. Uh, so the, pri- the, the primary thing is like you're casting, you're getting creatures from the graveyard back into play. So that way things like Prize Amalgam, Narc Amoeba will come in and you're just loading up your graveyard with Hedron Crab and milling yourself when it comes to the Merfolk Secret Keeper on the Venture Deeper adventure part of it. And uh, Glimpse the Unthinkable, you're targeting yourself. Otherworldly Gaze is a one-mana instance B. Look at the top three. Put them all in your graveyard, essentially. It's like not a lot of the time you're going to be... Uh, I mean, you get to sculpt the top of your library, which is good. That way you can know it's like, hey, I want things... Like, I'm going to need a land here in this case, but, you know, uh, Vengevine. You just want Vengevines, Narcomoebas, Prize Amalgams to be going to the graveyard and stuff. The crazy thing, from my understanding, is Rotting Rats is some of the new secret tech in these Vegvine decks. So, Rotting Rats, Black 1 Zombie Rat for a 1-1. When it ETBs, each player discards a card, and it has Unearth for the same cost. So, this is just a way for these players to be able to have uh, graveyard plays to help put more cards in their graveyard. Like, it's, yeah. you have a Rotting Rats in the graveyard, and you have a Vengevine in your hand. It's like, I, I really don't want this Vengevine in my hand. And so you will unearth the Rotting Rats and discard when it enters. You will discard your Vengevine. Or you can dis- discard the Wander. Yep, which, which will, will be very helpful for you. Mm-hmm. You never want to cast that. But this deck is very solid. You think we're going to be seeing a little bit more uh, Dredge coming back now with this? Uh, Dredge is one of those decks that if it, it has any semblance of viability, people will totally be prepared for it. Like Dredge has a chink in its armor, but it is a very powerful deck that can definitely run away with tournaments. There's no doubt right. about that. Because not, not a lot of people understand like the whole process of what goes on with uh, Dredge A, Dredge B, Dredge Y, and stuff like that. Yeah. So it can definitely, but this is this is the pre uh, the super qualifier. So this is high level magic players. Like these are people that grind and know what they're doing. So hell yeah, uh, Zach was this the Zach Tech? No, this was uh, K- this was Cave Dan, yep. Cave Dan of the Faithless Brewing Podcast. Oh, nice! Fucking made it in third place in the super qualifiers. Congrats, Cave Dan. There we go. Well, you ready to jump into fourth place, and then we'll just kind of. Ignore fifth place on? Sure. All right. Well, 3-0 comes in, and it is spelled out three and then zero. So 3-0 coming out in fourth place with looks like more of a just kind of a demir discard control. So he's, we've got three Snapcasters, two Tarox, and then we've got, two, for the spells, two Blood Chief's Thirst, 
two Inquisitions of Kozilek and two Thought Seizes. Instance, four Archmage's Charms, one Cling to Dust, four Considers, four Counter Spells, four Drown and Lock, four Fatal Push, and three memo- Memory Deluges, two Engineered Explosives, and three Mishra's Baubles for the Artifacts, and then jumping into Lands, catch one Castle Vantress, three Dark Slick Shores, one Hall of the Storm Giants, three Islands, four Polluted Deltas, two Scalding Tarns, three Sunken Ruins, one Swamp, and two Watery Graves. And jumping in the sideboard, we've got Cling to Dust, one, two Flutterstorms, two Mystical Disputes, two Relic of Progenitus, four Spreading Seas, one Chalice of the Void, and this is a Lurus deck, so it's got its companion, one Pithing Needle, and one Soul Guide Lantern. This is a deck after my own play style right here. I am a big fan of blue-black control style decks, and uh, to that end, I will say Trade Memory Deluge for fatal or Factor Fiction, but that's just my personal opinion. Well, and honestly, for me, too, looking at this one and looking at some other decks that have popped up in the last few weeks, I definitely think I'm going to, that uh, discard deck I'd been working on, I think I'm going to shift a little bit more to the uh, Demir side of things. So It's pretty good. Not going to lie, because this has tools for a lot of different things. Archimedes Charms steal uh, Regavans and DRCs, which really good, <laughs> and you don't want to be facing against. So the, the downside is definitely the three blue that needs to get committed to an Archimedes Charm, but you have Inquisitions, Thought Seizes, and Blood Chiefs Thirst to help also uh, take them out pretty early if you're waiting with an Archimedes Charm. Yeah, so yeah. I dig it. All right, fifth place we've got uh, Mono Green Tron. Not even gonna give it the satisfaction. Just gonna just scrolling over there. Pretty pretty stock. Uh, yeah. I think all the the tech is in the side. Like they got a single Cosmic Butcher of Truth, which is more of a a thing that you don't see. And it's not like they want it for the shuffling. Oh no, they do want it for the shuffling. It's yep. Ulamog the Ceaseless Hunger in the main. And promise, uh, Emrakul the promise end. It's not the uh, one of the originals there. So yeah, Kazalik is for the mill decks. But then it has uh, Karn the Great Creator. So it has Karn Wish Package where you get yep. Snaring Bridge, Graft Digger's Cage, Liquid Metal Coating, and all the typical stuff there. So I just I don't know why I just don't really like Tron. I just don't. I don't know. Who knows? All right, sixth place we've got. Where I think it is. Crashcade. Yep. There we go. So, Crashcade deck running. I'm not seeing anything out of the usual. Yeah, this one is pretty stock as well. And it's not like even in the sideboard is it like stock. Like they're very, very condensed in what they want in their sideboard. They got endur- yep. uh, three, three more endurances, one subtlety, four force of vigor, three blood moon, four mystical dispute. They know what their bad matchups are and they are fucking prepared. <laughs> All right, and then seventh place. Let's see here. And this is just uh, not to the extent we've seen it, but it's an Omnath deck, Locus of Creation. So we've got some Ice Fang Quaddles, Furies, Eternal Witness to get some of those spells back, Baby Tafuri, Renin Six, Solitude, uh, Explosive Iteration, pr- Four Prismatic Endings, some Counterspell Magic, some ephemerates to get those ETB triggers back, some lightning bolts to get rid of the smaller things that are going to be hitting you in the early game. 
abundant growth, spreading seas to control your lands, their lands, all the jazz in between, and then, yeah, the various lands to make sure you're hitting your landfalls. And it is a Yorion deck, so it is an 80-card deck. And then, a little bit different on this one, but it's another uh, Yorion deck. Um, this one, the thing I'm seeing that I kind of enjoy seeing because it makes gives me hope that maybe this will start coming back in a popularity is Deputy of Detention. That's the one that stuck out to me right away. Yeah, yeah. This is very more going on the ephemerate, uh, the ephemerate deal uh, where you're just more blinking, where the, uh, the seventh place deck here is just more landfall good good stuff uh, control. Yep. Uh, they only got two ephemerates in that deck. And this deck, the eighth place deck, they got four ephemerates and Eladomery's Call and Court of Calling to help get specific creatures that yeah. they want. And the crazy thing is, is there's a single Obsidian Charma in the main board that are going to be tagging any colorless producing lands. So there we go. Yeah. There's the modern qualifier top eight for you. Um, we will have a link. It does go a little bit further into all the other decks. And if you saw or heard us talk about a deck you want to look a little bit more into, go ahead and check out that link. And that way you can look at it and start brewing. You know, maybe find a deck that you like the archetype for and then, you know, make it your own janky way like Matt. Yeah, we are definitely not the podcast that talks about like medicals and stuff like that. We like talking about them, but... Join the Discord. We will gladly have these this conversation and stuff with that. All right. Anything else before we jump into upcoming? No. All right. So the first up on our upcoming, we've got introducing the MTG Arena Zone Championship Series. 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 Did it fade off enough now? Yes. Perfect. I didn't even have to put effects in that one. <laughs> All right. So... Um, we're just gonna, I'm going to read some of this stuff in here. Um, Matt will kind of fill in any blanks that he feels we need to make sure are talking about. But the start of the article, the little you know start of it, readers, Magic players, members of the MTG Arena Zone community, it is our pleasure to announce that through our new esports organization, .gg Events, we are launching a new line of digital tournaments, the MTG Arena zone championship series so a couple of things on this their big picture ideas is that the mtg arena zone championships will offer prizes in both cash and gems to be paid promptly following the end of each event but that's not all they have partnered with mtg arena through the organizational program allowing them to offer invitations to official wizards of the coast tournaments including the February Arena Qualifying Weekend, and even Kamigawa Neon Dynasty Championships. So that'll be really fun. They've got their first season was opened up on December 28th, 2021. So we've already passed their the open of their first event and will run until further notice. And currently the schedule is set for the month of January, including events in historic and alchemy formats. And then they've got a link within their article to view that calendar. And each event will, ha or each week will have three separate events, two five round buy events on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and one $1,000 preliminary set championship qualifier that will take place on the following Sunday. Well, then. 
Uh, I think the the exciting thing about this is that they are another option to be getting invitationals to Magic events. Because I don't, I don't think SCG is no longer doing their satellites, which gets you the qualifications. I'm trying to look that up real quick. Don't quote me on that. But well, while Matt's looking that up right now, uh, they've got a couple of kind of rundowns of their events. So the buy events. So they've got a $5 entry fee, five rounds. You go X and O, $10 plus one buy in the Sunday $1,000 preliminary set championship qualifier. X and one is equal to $5. All right, start time is 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Buys are cumulative for the week. So a player who goes X and O in both Tuesday and Thursday events will earn two buys for the Sunday event. And then the Sunday event is a $25 entry fee. It's a Swiss cut to top eight. And the breakdown that they've got for you is first place is $400 plus an SCQ buy. Second place is $200. Third and fourth get 100 apiece. Fifth through eight get 50. And then X and two or better qualifies for the SCQ. So the set championship qualifier. Dope. And then the set championship qualifier is qualified entries are free so basically you got to earn your way in and then that goes swiss cut to top 12 top four get a one buy and first is going to be kamagawa neon destiny set championship invite plus 300 and then second place is the february qualifying weekend event plus 200 third and fourth is that same qualifier invite plus 100 bucks and then fifth through eight Again, the February qualifier weekend invite plus 50 bucks. And then 9th and 10th, you get yourself 3,000 gems and $25. That's your Chevy. Yeah, I mean, this will be fun. Oh, sorry. Goes into 10th and, or 11th and 12th too. You get 1,500 gem code plus $25. So okay. there you go. And then they also go into a uh, breakdown of the rules tournament or the rules for the tournaments. So... We'll let you guys go ahead and look at those rules yourself if that is something you are interested in. This going to get you to start playing arena more? Uh, potentially, very potentially. So one thing, I think this is more of a side note, I got to like get a new graphics card for my computer and stuff. My computer is old and it's ancient in technology-wise. And like I was saying at uh, before the podcast, running multiple applications definitely <laughs> hurts its performance. So you can imagine what one application like arena does to it right now. Oh, geez. All right. Well, get your graphic cards updated so that way you can start running multiple things on your computer and start playing Arena effectively. Effectively, yes. Effectively. Because I won't do it on my phone because it fucks up my phone. See, I don't I don't know if it's just maybe a newer phone or what. Probably. But I got, let's see, what is mine again? Is mine still the X? I think mine is still the X. <laughs> oh, so dude, so is mine. Really? Yeah. Don't have you? Uh, I've had to. Okay, I know we've talked about it before, but to those wondering, on when I've downloaded Arena on my phone, like I could play it like two times, but then all of a sudden my phone doesn't respond to shit, and I have to do like a legit hard reset where it's like you have to do a couple of button combination presses to like fully shut it off, turn it back on, and then I have to delete Arena, and then it's good. And I had to do this three times before I realized that it was Arena that's doing it, and since I haven't downloaded Arena and haven't played it again, it has not happened. Looks like Dizzy might be able to hook you up with the graphic card. 
Ooh, you loved it. I'll send him. Dizzy, I'll send him your information so that way he can contact you. Join the Discord. That works too. <laughs> we need more people. You like magic? We talk magic. He's definitely more of a, I don't know. I think he's talked about getting into magic with like Ben, Anthony, and I, but hasn't acted on it yet. So maybe Ben and I will have to convince him. Well, shit, Dizzy. We don't even, it doesn't even have to be magic wise. We got fucking Pokemon discussions and we just do. like other shit. I posted the whole volcanic eruption that happened in the, the Pacific Ocean and shit. <laughs> Well. And we found magic cards to go with it. We did find magic cards to go with it. Well, we are a bit of nerds. Well, Dizzy, we'll have to have you dabble a little bit more. We'll convince you. All right, but jumping into the next upcoming event. Science, the pursuit of knowledge. Gilded, or, yeah, guided by careful consideration and the best practices for the betterment of all. When, but when the eternal night falls. Suddenly, things have become more, uh, much more filet. I was about to say your theater is showing, but you kind of like burst yeah, that bubble there. I did. All right. <laughs> anyway, form your hypothesis, enact your experiments, and hope that the sounds you hear outside are just the wind. So on January 21st at 8 a.m. Pacific time until February 1st, 8 a.m. Pacific time, you will have an alchemy featuring zombies emblem with the text. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, a mass X where X is the spell's mana value. Structure is four wins or two losses in best of one matches. Your entry is 2,000 gold or 400 gems. And this is how the breakdown for wins goes. When you get that four wins, so you've managed to update your graphics card and then you've managed to be Matt and you just start jumping back on arena, you get those four wins right away because you play nothing but demur spells and you get all the zombies. You manage to get yourself 2,500 gold and three card styles, but if you're maybe more like JB, you just get those three wins. Well, guess what? You're still walking away with 1,500 <laughs> Cold and three card styles. If he's listening, he's going to find me and get through a little crevice at my house and just kill me in my sleep, probably. Well, two things. First off, it would be like coming out of a mouse hole, like Tom and Jerry style <laughs> and stuff that he's he's going to be getting into your house. And two, we know he's not listening. <laughs> That's also the safe bet. Uh, but then you're like me. You know what? You just didn't care and you quickly signed on the last possible minute. You get two wins, you get a thousand gold and two card styles. And you're like some other people where you just, you don't know what you're doing here. You get one win, you get 500 gold and two card styles still. But then for those of you who are like Danny and don't play arena, but you manage to log in at one point, just sign into the event. Don't worry with one loss or zero wins. Rather you get one card style still. There you go, Danny, you got this bud. <laughs> All right, and then within the article too, it gives you a breakdown of some of the card styles you can be winning in the Showcase Eternal Night card style. So if you are wanting to look at all of those, just because we are going to cover some of the things we missed in the last few weeks still, and then cover some of the most recent stuff, we're going to go ahead and jump ahead. So we'll have that in the show notes, or not in the show notes, we'll have that in the description below. Matt, you got some blog talks for us, bud? I got one. You choose number one or number two? Mm, number one. Number one. 
Okay. So we got, this one was a recent edition. I thought it was kind of fun. Uh, Blogatog. This this week's Blogatog is brought to us by Popstar Manager One that asks if or when Acorn cards in a non-un set. Mark replies with if the change allows us to technically do it, but I'm certainly skeptical we'd put them in a non-un set. Stranger things have happened though. Hmm. Which is interesting to think about because it's like one stamp allowing the ability to have different legalities printed in a in like a premiere or any supplementals kind of it's more it has to be more of a premiere set you know where it's like maybe they would do it in modern horizons 3 where it's like they have their uh, 298 cards and then the last two cards are on cards just to like test out that would be like on or modern horizons 3 themed i thought it was kind of a cool thought experiment not experiment i don't know just like a concept that could be it's like the technology's there mark admitted it the technology yeah. is there to do it they could technically do it i don't know i the whole acorn thing still i don't know call me old i like the silver border on the unsets and it's just changing it to everything has a black but then you have to look for the acorn which hopefully people are able to quickly identify that card doesn't seem right when you're reading it when your opponent casts it and you can just go hey um that that card's not legal man or gal i do i do have high hopes for a lot of magic folk to like help everybody out when the infinity set comes out to like help hey you know this is a thing i don't think anybody's gonna get aggressive like magic players are pretty good about shit yeah, at the same time, though, you do run across those, that yeah. very small percentage of asshole acorns, we'll call them right now. <laughs> asshole acorns. Asshole acorns, where they just, they don't give two shits about, you know, trying to not be a gatekeeper to the game we all love, and instead be inviting, and be like, hey, here, let me help you out. That card doesn't work for what you're trying to do, whether it's an unset card or just you're going with a a flyer's deck. Well, that card doesn't do anything for your flyers. You should just get it out. So let's crack these assholes like Scrat cracks an iceberg with a acorn. Nice ice age joke there. Thank you. I, I dig it. I dig <laughs> it. Also, it looks like you got a new friend that dabbles with his Pokemon. Fuck yeah, Dizzy. Join the Discord. <laughs> get that Pokemon channel up and more active i know matt's more mostly a pokemon go guy no i play i haven't played so the unfortunate thing is is like last year i haven't done uh legend of arceus or uh, i mean fight me arceus arceus y'all or the uh diamond pearl remake i haven't done those last pokemon game i did was sword and shield i didn't even finish it so bad one, I am so far behind on the Pokemon games themselves. I just need to get myself a Switch and start playing some. Two, I was talking with my buddies Ben and Anthony, and we we're sharing some good news. And Ben comes in, hey, not to not to trample on your guys' good news, but I caught a Mewtwo on Friday. We're like, we're like what? What the fuck are you catching Mewtwo on? Yeah, I I caught him on Pokemon Red. I I got the emulator on my computer. Nice. Because he's at home right now and doing his quarantine thing. So he's like, yeah, I don't know what it is, but quarantine quarantine 
got me in that Pokemon catching mood, and I'm like, well, you caught COVID. You might as well catch everything else now. But, um... And he even admitted, he's like, I didn't even think about it that way. So, one, been a long time. Two, I do. I wish I had some more time to play some Pokemon. So we got Casper, or Santa got Casper. Don't listen to this boy. Santa got Casper a new Switch for Christmas. Ooh. And he jacked Maddie's copy of Pokemon Sword and started playing it. And he was having a great time. It was great because I'm at, like in the kitchen doing shit. And all of a sudden he's like, what's weak against rock? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then that's I'm like, awesome. Uh, and I'm like, okay, so you got a rock type. You, uh, so flying, flying is weak against rock. And he's like, okay. And he's like, all of a sudden he's like, dang it. I wanted to capture him. And I'm like, well, don't ask what it's fucking weak to. That's going to knock it out then. He's like, I'll remember that. Okay, for those of you who are currently listening to the recorded version of this, Matt currently is adding the effect to make it actually sound like he's hearing someone yell from the kitchen by just going, I'm going to step away from the mic so it sounds like I'm distance away, even though I'm like... I don't have to edit this then. It's just I'm automatically doing it. It makes it beautiful. I know it's it's a fun effect that you guys, you guys who aren't listening to us live and watching us live don't get to see Matt just ridiculously jar his head one direction so that way he can add the effect in there. Yes, it's beautiful. It's hilarious. Watch us live, or just want listen to the podcast. Either way, we're just happy that you're listening. Well, what do you think about uh, taking a quick music break before we get into the news? Sounds good to me. Perf. And welcome back, Magic Folk, from that music break there. Let's jump right into the news then, starting off with Big G. So we missed something, and this might be because there's not too much information on it last week. So here's what we got. On December 21st, Wizards announced that they are going to be doing a collaboration with Post Malone in 2022. Like we said, not too many details have been reported on this other than the fact of The collaboration is happening and it deals with Friday Night Magic. They say to stay up to follow or to stay up to date and follow the Wizards Twitter account. But we say follow us because we will probably retweet that news anyway. So if you get some of those lost in the way, yeah, there you go. That's yeah, that's all I got. News with Posty coming soon. Take your uh, shot in the dark because you've had a. Your I'm excited to see your uh, zodiac call to become true. Oh God, I hope so. So give us I was, another. I was like halfway halfway right on the. Uh, we just talked about it before we started recording. Um, the people that did the backpacks. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Beetle and Grim. There we go. Between you and I, we were kind of like mostly right. I would say. All right, uh, hot take on this Post Malone collab. So we know it's Friday Night Magic involved, but what could Posty be doing to make it like big? Are we going to be getting cardboard cutouts of Posty at every premium store? <laughs> I think it might be something close to uh, what Mr. Beast did with uh, Friday Night Magic and Arena, where oh shit, where there's 
it's and it, maybe it's not an every week thing. Maybe it's not an every store thing. Maybe it's only premiums that will potentially get this. But at the same time, I don't think so. Just with when they do collabs, they try to make it so it's all inclusive and get people in. I don't know. It's I think it's going to be something cool like that where there's some kind of promo for first place for Friday Night Magic. Maybe there is some Post Malone cutouts that come out. But this is a far off and left field take. Okay, let's hear it. There's going to be some kind of Post Malone track drop at some FNMs. Oh, you know what I'd love? Did you ever watch that? God, what was that? I can't remember that YouTube guy that made that Donuts or that Donut Kings or whatever I think is his YouTube name. He did a Friday Night Magic song around Battle for Zen- when Battle for Zendikar came around. <laughs> and he's talking about eating your Tarmogoyf with hot sauce and two mana, uh, blue mana teardrops running down my eyelids. I'll have to, I think we actually, if you go to the website, I think I linked it at the bottom. <laughs> so there, there's a deep cut go to our website and look at the bottom for that music video it is pretty solid uh as for me i do not have any hot takes of what post malone's gonna do but i know whatever it's gonna be if it involves posty it has to be something fucking bonkers the other part too i think maybe because recently and this is kind of a who knows take post malone's been doing a lot of stuff with command zone and i hate your deck lately oh yeah so maybe it has something to do with Commander. There's no, yeah, there's no doubt in my mind that it's going to be like a Commander base. Oh. oh, there! I just so, saw the light bulb. So, so it has to be Commander. I don't think it's ever been on record that Post Malone has talked about playing Standard or Arena or anything like that. It's only been Commander. So, what if F and M is now going to involve? commander like stores can sanction a commander event that goes along with their friday night commander but like maybe more emphasis on the commander sanctioned stuff and maybe maybe um yeah honestly now thinking about that and yeah maybe it's going to be more commander focused but i still kind of think it's going to be there's going to be some kind of like cool promo or something that (laughs) god damn it wade thank you wade well i'm glad to see wade's here putting money in our coffers (laughs) greatly appreciated but yeah i don't know it's i think it's still going to be some kind of like cool promo something for like a winner of a pod or something like that for commander so this has nothing to do with post malone but it's something that i completely thought of uh with the introduction of alchemy and how uh people are worried about you know alchemy is not real magic and like arena is not real magic and stuff like that so Wizards has already said that Arena is different magic from Paper Magic. And I think when they make Alchemy, Alchemy is going to be like pretty much killing, not killing standard, just like usurping standard and stuff. And so like the paper formats that Watsy is going to be in charge, or that Watsy is going to want out at stores are going to be things like Pioneer, Modern, and Legacy, and Commander. And they want, you know, standard, historic, alchemy all on arena and they'll play those differently so like doing this is like giving a clear division of like what goes where kind of a thing like pioneer is going to be like the quote-unquote new standard that'll happen every friday night instead of standard my opinion on that he's got to have these copied and pasted in a note on his phone i know he does he has to or i mean maybe he just has like some of the fastest thumbs in north dakota no it's copy and paste (laughs) i know way too well He's got farmer thumbs. Those things only move fast when they need to. <laughs> yeah, and making jokes ain't worth it for him. Nope. <laughs> now, 
Damn, Watsy, back at it again with the Challenger decks. Last week on the 10th. I thought it was funny. If you're going to do it, you got to do it right. Damn, Watsy, back at it again with the Challenger decks. Beautiful. There we go. So last week on the 10th, Watsy announced that their next lineup of their Challenger decks are coming. These are going to be standard Challenger decks and will be getting released April 1st, 2022. As a reminder to those, Challenger decks are pre-constructed 60-card decks with a 15-card sideboard that are made as, quote, top-level competitive decks for that format. So they take like a snapshot of the format that they're going to be making these challenger decks for and see what the best decks are. And then they just like get a list together of what those are and put them in a deck. So you can buy one of these, open it up and take it to FNM and not have to buy any other card, uh, any other cards for the deck to make it playable. So in this challenger deck drop, there are four different decks, a Mono White Aggro, a Demir Control, Rakdos Vampires, and a Gruel Stompy. No deck lists have been announced, but you can keep following us because, you know, we will update you when the lists do drop. So with the Challenger decks, we can speculate on some of the cards that are going to be in there because they show the packaging, the front packaging of the cards. In the Mono White Aggro is going to be a Thalia, uh, Thraben Inspector. What's the little Thalia, the new one? Is it Thraben, Guardian of Thraben? The two one that makes non creature spells cost one more. Uh, shit. Guardian. Guardian. There you go. Go with that. Uh, Imerith, the blue dragon from the D&D set. Then you have, I can't remember what that treasure, or that draw discard making vampire that was played on game nights that Josh Lee Kwai made his deck on. And uh, nah, Tov- I got no help there for yeah. you. Sorry. And then the last one has a Tovalar in it because I think that's Tovalar's werewolf side on the back of it so the cruel stompy is going to be werewolves yeah i mean that's that's about kind of cuts it close there because they play it when they do these challenger decks they definitely give them a theme so oh, yeah yeah and these and these are definitely the decks that get talked about a lot in the standard uh arena uh, area and stuff from what i hear so they are choosing good decks don't know what the lists are but yeah all right so not the very last bit of news, but the next bit of news we got for you is for our dear listeners who love to be informed about giveaways and what is happening in our community, specifically with Dragon Shield. And they're known for making their sleeves, binders, boxes for cards, and they are giving one lucky winner $500 plus worth of their products in the Midnight Festival. So we will have a link below for you to go ahead and get signed up. And if you aren't following our Twitter, go ahead and follow Twitter. We already tweeted out this this afternoon and retweeted it so that way you have a direct way to find it if you aren't following Dragon Shield. But guess what? It's one of those those giveaways where you get your entries based off of following them and all that jazz. So make sure you follow them so that way you can keep up to date on your giveaway news. Also follow us because we'll likely retweet that out just in case you miss theirs. Of course we will. And I know before the show I was getting signed up for this and everything too because I'm in the process of probably going to be working on double sleeving decks. So there we go. This uh, giveaway is going on for two weeks. So there'll be time and we'll probably mention again next week just in cursory passing. Hell Yeah. So next in the news, just a quick reminder that the Planeswalker Tales of Magic album is dropping this Friday. Uh, No time was given. 
So I don't know if it's going to be like Friday at uh, 12.02 in the morning or at some point throughout the day, but you bet your bottom dollar if you follow us on any platform. (laughs) I'll be posting that because I'm going to be sitting there super excited. Um, I do know that there's been some uh, shipping issue. There's going to be some shipping issues with the CDs and Uh. stuff like that. So, but the digital downloads will be available and stuff. So you will be able to get them. It'll be on Spotify and I don't know actually if Jason will be putting them up on YouTube right away or if it's going to be a slow process. I am still in talks with him to try and get a time for him and Sozos to jump onto the podcast as well. But if power metal and magic is your thing, and honestly, if you're not a fan of power metal, but you do like magic, I highly recommend you check these guys out. Start. They are really good. Yeah. Most people should like them to at least kind of if you're more a magic person than a power metal person, you can at least sit there and listen and go, yeah, nice en- little Easter egg. Yeah. You'll enjoy it. Like they talk magic, like Sozos. So from the last time that we met, talked, listen to that episode. It was so good. We have two episodes where the, with them where we were talking about uh, them coming together as a band and like how they write music. But Sozos is like so into the story and he's like going in and I'm so excited for uh, Oath, uh, Oath, uh, Oath of the Gate Watch that song coming yep. out with a music video where they have Britney Slays and stuff in there. Oh, so I'm yeah. like, I am hyped. I remember we talking about that. Yeah. And if you guys haven't caught on yet from listening to me and Matt, the last two na- news segments, uh, you should follow our social medias. Yes. We post stuff. Yeah. We post stuff. <laughs> That's kind of what we do here. <laughs> or join our discord. Like we already have a new discord member. So mwahaha. We're up one. Woo. Yeah, yeah. Still, still going baby. All right, Matt attack. What you got for us on the, uh, Kamigawa, neon dynasty news because like i said you listen to this one a little bit more knighted and by a little bit more a lot of bit more it's like a little but it's a lot okay so uh some of the news that we got with kamigawa coming out as you all remember between now and the end of this week there's going to be more like history drops uh history articles that get dropped that talk about some of the big things that happened in Kamigawa from the last time we were there to where we are now. Like there's a history story of, uh, not Asuna. <laughs> Asuna's, uh, Azusa. There you go. There we go. Azusa. There's a story of Azusa. I haven't read that yet. And I haven't read the, uh, Tetsuya Umazawa story, but they give like the backstory on him and how he got moved around because of Neogen and Nightreach and stuff like that. They got those, those stories coming out and Kamigawa is a very story rich set that they're doing. So they're really focusing on these digital stories. So definitely follow or check it, check in on the wizard's homepage, uh, from now until the 27th 27th is when spoilers start but and between now and then they're going to have more stories drop keep up to date with that which is going to be super cool have, have you talked to josh recently i have not talked to josh recently okay so happened to be in the other night and talking with him about neon dynasty i'm pretty sure he's like half chub just from the announcement we're going back to kamigawa and just the few cards have probably gotten him at full mass right now Ooh, okay, so I know when Kamigawa first got first got announced, I made a bet with one of the employees there, Max, that they're gonna make a a ninja commander that's better than Yuriko in this set. I made a bet, and then Josh is gonna be the final decision between Max and I on if whatever this better ninja is gonna be, because Josh. Uh, to those that don't know, Josh, who uh, owns JW Sports Cards and Gaming, is a big ninja fan 
He has a commander deck. He has a legacy deck of it, and he's working on foiling it. I'm pretty yep. sure like 90% of his decks are foil ninjas. Which, I mean, that take, that itself takes some time. So Yes. So he's, he's like the ninja master. So he's going to be the deciding factor if whenever they show a ninja commander, if it's objectively better than Eureka. Now are you, are you guys going to obviously probably do, are you going to do like a... Collector booster. Well, no, what I was going to say, are you going to do like a, okay, this week, this set of, you know, spoilers that got released, is there a better commander or are you just going to do a, oh, it's all at, at the end? It's all at the end. So okay. that way we can look at everything and then like if the, there's probably going to be like one or two like commander or like ninja ones. We got one for sure. Yep. And we'll talk about that here as soon as we're done with this. Um, but yeah, at the end, we'll look at the ninja cards that could be a ninja commander and Josh will be the deciding factor if it's better than Yuriko. If it is better than Yuriko, Max owes me a collector booster of Kamigawa. If it's not, I owe him, him a collector booster of Kamigawa. You know what I think we need to do one day? <laughs> What's that? I think you and I need to have a pack off. A pack off? Yep. We each buy a pack. Whoever has the better value out of the pack gets both packs. Oh, isn't that a pack war? Pack war, pack off. Either okay, way. Okay. I did that one time with uh, Ethan. Those are, those are fun. I'm totally down. Way better than Rip It or Flip It. <laughs> oh, God. I hate Rip It or Flip It. It gives me so much stress. I know. <sighs> Dom. I think Dom, one time of seeing uh, Rip It or Flip It, he ripped a Perforos. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. But we just mentioned a, a ninja card. Big G, you want to tell us about this ninja card? Which one? Saru... Satoru Umazawa. Oh, okay. Uh, so Satoru Umazawa, and yep, just I'm just gonna go with it. Um, one colorless, one blue, one black, legendary creature, human ninja. Whenever you activate a ninjutsu ability, look at the top three cards of your library, put one of them into your hand, the rest at the bottom of the library in any order. This ability triggers only once each turn, and then each creature card in your hand has. Ninjutsu for two colorless, one blue, and one black. So the running meme is just, you know, Emrakul coming out of nowhere with uh, the Naruto band and some some weapons. Yep. Hello, my fellow ninjas. Yes. If it will, uh, did we put that meme? Someone put that meme in the Discord. I, I think, think it was. I think it was Wade. I think it was Wade. Yeah. So it's there. Join the Discord <laughs> and stuff. But yeah, no, no, no. So uh, Satara Umazawa. Uh, flavor-wise, is ancestor of Tetsuya Umazawa, who was one of the main protagonists of the original Kamigawa series. And yeah, it's Demir, Cheetah, Big Guy stuff. Now, with this, there are a couple of different arts that come with this, and one, there, there's three arts. They got the original one, there is a second art of a famous artist that done it, but the third one is the one that I care about the most because it's done by <laughs> Yoji Shinkawa. Do you know who Yoji Shinkawa is? Name sounds familiar, but it's not even registering anything right now in the database. Okay, so Yoji is the artist who has done a lot of the art for the Metal Gear series. Oh, okay. And there we I go. am a nerd for Metal Gear. I love it so fucking much. Metal Gear Solid, original Metal Gear. When they came out with Metal Gear remastered for the Xbox 360, the HD collection, they had 
original Metal Gear and Metal Gear 2 on there Ooh. for the NES. But I played it on there and I fucking loved it and stuff. And I got, I actually went out and got the NES cartridge because I have an NES as well. So I love, I love fucking Metal Gear. So anyways, okay. the, this art is really fucking cool. Like when I first saw that without seeing who the artist was, I'm like, this is giving me some serious Metal Gear Solid vibes, man. And then I see who it is. I'm like, and look at that. It is. Everything so, was affirmed for you. And now with this as well, I will bet you, I will bet you that there is going to be a secret lair done by Yoji Shinkakawa, Shinakawa, where there's going to be several cards done in his art style. And if that's the case, I am fucking buying that one so fast. So fucking fast. Here's my question. When is it going to come out? Oh, clearly it's going to be coming out in February. Like they're you're going to do their February drop like they always do. Like, because right. well, I'm thinking of the, I'm thinking of the drop that they did. Uh, that introduced the the Heliod, the Monastery Swiss Fear. That was the Valentine's Day one. Like they did their okay, super drop yep. then, and it's going to be around the same time as that. And they're going to have uh, Yoji Shinkawa art in there. Like I, I'm hold, I'll hold my breath. I will hold my breath for this one. If Wizards does not give me some goddamn Metal Gear Solid art, there will be no more this week in MTG. Well, okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow down here. I just got here, and I'm really enjoying getting to come and drink and talk about talk about magic. Well, then fucking force your hand. Make sure that they make this secret lair for me, Gary. I, I understand you think I have pull, but what in your mind makes you think I have pull with Wizards of the Coast? What can you bench? No more than 225 right now, okay? And that scares all those nerds over in the West Coast. <laughs> Have you seen some of those guys that show up to FNM? It is crazy. No, no, no. That's FNM. I'm talking about Wizards of the Coast. Go just flex in front of Mark Rosewater or Gavin Verhey <laughs> and be like, we need this art now. You, you know what the sad part is? Both of them would look at me and go, we hear you're the ally guy. <laughs> yes. No more allies if you don't show up. Yes, sir. And that's all it'll take. Don't that'll, be a bitch. that'll that'll you have your things you want. I have my things I want. I want more allies coming back, dude. Fair enough. Don't don't try to pit me against Rosewater. Don't try to pit me against Gavin. I know better. They control what I love. <laughs> and they do it in more just more than just the secret layer. So leave me the fuck out of this, man. Mark Tayback. Hit up Mark Tayback. He's <laughs> <laughs> Is it Mark Tabak? No, uh, God, I know his name. He's he's the bald guy that collects shoes, that works at Wizards of the Coast. He's the one that was like Secret Lair was his thought. Oh, his, shit. his his baby. Hit him up, scare him. Don't worry about Mark Rosewater, Gavin Verhey. Mark <laughs> Tabak, make him <laughs> just go straight to the source of Secret Lair. Yes. Okay, this is not a threat in any way. Please don't show this clip. <laughs> I just want them so bad. They look so good. This isn't even a threat at this point anymore. It's Matt groveling. <laughs> okay, okay. So you see that secret layer there? Yeah, I see that secret layer right there. There's going to be another secret layer po- uh, bo- uh, framed up. Probably up there. Right so above. you can look at it every time you're looking at your screens. Right above the desk. It'd be beautiful. But yes, this one I will. And if they do a secret layer drop, like... Okay. Um, let's get back on topic here. <laughs> So along with uh, these new cards, last week they did Wizards of the Coast also did a first where they had a world building roundtable that they premiered on YouTube, where Jimmy Wong and several different people in the creative process sat around and talked and answered questions about how they looked at uh, culturally including uh, minorities 
into the world of Kamigawa and appropriately representing the Japanese culture that it is depicting. And it was super cool uh, how much detail and how many, uh, how much time and love and care went into like making sure that this is done right. One of the, a uh, couple of the big things that I remember of a takeaway of how dedicated they were to make sure that this is right. There's different ways that a kimono can be wear, worn during, uh, in uh, certain regions of the APAC region and in Japanese culture, strictly which is what kamigawa is based off of they have it in a certain way where they made sure with all their art descriptions to the artists if they were wearing a kimono they're like make sure the kimono is in this way and also the other thing is that they were making sure that actual authentic japanese weapons were getting used and not like a mixture of uh asian weapons getting tossed in like size are not a japanese specific weapon and that was in the previous kamigawa so they're being more true to what actual authentic weapons were getting used uh in japanese culture and stuff and i think that fact is really cool that they've put this time and love into it and also making sure that the storyline is highlighting like all of kamigawa as well well and it seems like they're they're putting more effort into being as close to as accurate as they can with a lot of the stories that are coming out because i mean just think of uh throne of eldraine like just the attention to detail on some of the fairy tale stories that were coming out and then they they even obviously added a magic twist to it to make it their own but they're jumping into that with more culture-based sets, so Kamigawa, mm-hmm. which I think is just awesome. Yeah, I am 100% excited for this set. I, like I said, I haven't read the the history digital articles yet, but the more that they're they're doing uh, story wise with this is it's it's just tickling my fancy more than I would have imagined. Well, and then think about it this way too: how how much is that going to open the doors for somebody to, somebody who maybe isn't the stereotypical what society thinks of a magic player to jump into and do their own research on cultural pieces of Japanese culture and history. Right. This is, this so is totally it's just really cool. Looped into that. Yeah. So way to go. Wizards of the coast, making sure that your representation is accurate and then making it intriguing for others to go, Hey, I want to learn more. I highly recommend watching the video. I will link it down below. It's about 27 minutes worth. Uh, you don't have to watch it. Like if you got YouTube premium or whatever, you can like lock your phone and just listen to it and stuff because that's what I did and stuff. Yeah. But it's totally worth it. It's very insightful and it helps. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just a weird person that loves to absorb all this extra kind of information. And I was about stuff. To, you've been doing a lot of like other culture absorbing lately. We've gotten, you know, you've got some German culture now. You've got your Japanese culture. What's your next culture you're going after? I'm still working on I'm still working on uh, German uh, German history and stuff because that is a fucking lot. Oh boy, and I enjoy it. Christian, thank you so much again for that Yale course. If anybody else wants a link to that Yale course, it's free and stuff, and it's very interesting. There's YouTube videos and then, uh, write-ups and stuff to help see if you retain it, but there it's clearly not graded and stuff, but still yeah. worth it. I enjoy it. Um, other details as well. Um, this this one I saw on Reddit. I don't know how much validity and stuff that it can hold. Uh, not too many details. One of the art, uh, a couple of different art drops that happen with no like cards that are coming out in Kamigawa have a 
a different language on them, not like a Japanese official language. And it's called as uh, Conlang, which is conventional language or whatever. It's like a made-up language that comes into the world and stuff. And people are like, is Wizards making its own kind of a language? The same thing that they did with uh, Frexian. And that was the only thing that... uh, that I thought was pretty interesting about uh, a potential like Kunling uh, thing going on in there. So just mentioning it here. Sweet. I don't, I don't know how, where else to, to go from there, but big G anything else you want to add on Kamigawa? Uh, we don't have a lot of information. I imagine, uh, well for sure in like two weeks, we're yeah. going to be getting a lot of stuff. Uh, next week is still going to be pretty low, but uh, the week after we're going to have a lot of Kamigawa stuff to be jumping into. That'll be for sure the next week I'm back. So, yeah, no, I don't have really too much. I know just being, I started up playing Magic, obviously, around the Shards of Lara block slash Zendikar, OG Zendikar. Um, So I never got to play in Kamigawa and kind of experience original Kamigawa in standard. But I know I've, you know, I've got cards I like out of Kamigawa that for commander decks and stuff like that and I've got cards I hate playing up against in modern. So, yep, yep. But, you know, it'll be fun to see how they take a very, I don't know, my impression of Magic fans, maybe and this is maybe an older viewpoint on it, it was very polarizing, the set itself, uh, it seemed like, just because, you know, you had your people that loved that fact that you got all these legendary creatures coming out of it, but then you got those people that just like, oh, I can't have multiple copies on the battlefield because the old legendary rule, which still is minorly the same, but, you know, the old legendary rule, for those who don't know, is only one person could have that creature, that card. Whereas now you can each have one copy on your side of the field. But, yep, you know, I know that was a big thing for that. And then maybe some of it was the culture stuff that was in there, so... I don't know, but I think it's really cool that we're coming back to it, and I know there are a lot of people that, especially with Commander and then the new stuff coming out of like Modern Horizons and Modern Horizons 2, you know, they're really excited for ninjas and ninjutsu coming back, so. And now potentially having samurais on motorcycles, people are hyped about that. And I think the fact that they're kind of, you know, doing a jump into the future with it too, to kind of add a little bit of that sci-fi element to it, which is really cool. There, so. there's one thing that I've seen a lot on the blogatog recently is people saying whether um, the the cyberpunk aspect is for them or it's not for them, and it does seem to be like there's a strong like fifty fifty from at least the people that are writing to Mark Rosewater. And mind you, people who write to Mark Rosewater, Mark Rosewater are very enfranchised players enough to the point where they're like, I will go and write to the head designer of Magic the Gathering. But there's a lot of that where it's like, uh, cyberpunk, uh, yes, I'm for it, or eh, I don't like it. I feel like you're getting away from your uh, sorcerer boot uh, roots. At the same time, though, I mean, magic's an ever-evolving game, and it needs to, you know, it needs to have some changes to it. But at the same time, yeah, keep some of that stuff that's rooted in what makes makes magic magic. Right. I so, mean. There, there are people that bring up a good point of like Kaladesh was a very like futuristic kind of a thing where there's a lot of inventions in metal and energy. And that was another thing. People are speculating energy could be showing back up in Kamigawa. 
I mean, it's a very be a fair point. It's a very solid mechanic. And if that's the case, when we get to the news section, I have an energy card that you guys should probably keep an eye on. Yep. And stuff because if it, if 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 you trust that there might be, if you think have a, have an ounce in your body that you think that there's going to be energy showing up in Kamigawa, you can buy this card and flip it around pretty easily as soon as energy is first shown and stuff. But yeah. we'll get there when we get there. Um, what was else I wanted to say with Kamigawa? Energy. <sighs> Lose your train of thought. I did lose train of thought. There's energy Damn. and stuff. Uh, Bushido, uh, vehicles and stuff like that. People yeah. are speculating all that kind of stuff going on there. Um, with the world, uh, with the culture roundtable, I, uh, I mentioned this before we started recording, but there was a there was some art that was shown up on there that looked like Kitsune in a D and D page book. Yep. So uh, nowhere online has sh- said that there's going to be a Kamigawa D&D book, but because of something like that, that art that they've shown, I highly expect there to be a D&D book. Since the last one that we got was for the uh, curriculum of Chaos, the Strixhaven book. So, Who true. knows? Who knows? Yeah, um, I think it'd be cool to have a Kamigawa one and stuff. But yeah. Ooh, uh, Orochi, Orochi as well. There's art that has shown where Orochi do not have legs as well and people are like why do they not have legs because they had legs in the original kamigawa maybe they've evolved That's the thing. to not needing legs so there's a bunch of stuff that we could talk more about kamigawa but we have a country currency section to jump into now well and right now we don't have too much information on what's coming on in the own dynasty right now so but this is the perfect all time speculation to be, this is the perfect time to be making shot calls though yeah what do we got for uh, some of these weekly winners from you, Matt? We yeah. Got, uh, we got a lot. We got a little. Are they new cards? Are they old cards? A what of, could they be? A little of both. So as we jump to the conjured, conjured currency section here, as a reminder, conjured currency, in the conjured currency section, we read an amazing article off of mtgstocks.com where they talk about three to five cards that are moving up in price that they want you to know about and three to five cards that are moving down in price that they want you to know about. And this week... We're going to start off talking about a card called Eater of the Dead. I'm going to go to the Oracle text of this card because it's from the dark and it is the only printing of it. And you know how slow my computer is being trying to do multiple things at once. Maybe I'll just pop up on my phone here. So uh, Eater of the Dead says zero. If Eater of the Dead is tapped, exile target card from a graveyard and untap Eater of the Dead. So this card has jumped up 83% now at around $91.38 average. But when it comes to the actual sale price, you can still find a market price of these cards for around $39, or the average price is now dropped down a little bit to 86. Uh, average price is what people are listing them at, and market price is uh, what people are actually buying them at. So people are buying them a little cheaper, but people are posting them higher. <laughs> And Dizzy, <laughs> you have one joke of the night. Eater of the Dead. I didn't know my ex-girlfriend was a card. But, um, <laughs> so good. God damn. I didn't even remotely go down that train. Thank you, Dizzy. So this is the only printing of Eater of the Dead. And I'll play a game with you here, Big G. Did you read the article yet? I just looked at the pictures. Okay, so you looked at the pictures. Why do you think Eater of the Dead is moving up in price? We've talked about it in previous weeks, 
It's a single car that came out in uh, Crimson, or Midnight Hunt. It was in the oh, set. Oh, we talked about it last week, too. The set booster. It was the um, set booster commander. Shit. I don't remember the name. Now I'm going to have to do, look. Do you remember what it does? It's blue and black. It does some shit. You do remember-ish, kind of. So, yes, <laughs> it is mo- it's moving up because of Umbra's oh, Fear Manifest. Yeah. And Umbris is the car that we've been talking about like easily for the past like month now. Of uh, it's black, blue, three for a one-one legendary nightmare horror. It gets plus one, plus one for each card your opponent owns in exile. And then when it or another nightmare or horror enters the battlefield under your control, tap or target opponent exiles cards from the top of their library until they exile a land card. So clearly, this thing exiles things from graveyards making it bigger and the combo that it works pretty well with is having it with uh phoenix god of deception uh because i don't think i mentioned this but it is a three four or three 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 four Mm -hmm. three four it is a three four and uh phoenix god of deception is from born of the gods which is black blue three for a four seven indestructible god that uh, has the devotion clause and reads creatures you control have tap target player puts the top x cards of their library into their graveyard where x is that creature's toughness so you tap eater of the dead mill them four cards and then you pay the zero exile a creature from it and then you untap it and do it again and you can chain pretty well in this combo and it is kind of fitting in with this umbris fear uh deck going on in uh, Commander. I dig it. Next up, we have Flickering Ward. This is a card from Tempest. Only been printed in Tempest. It reads, it is a single white for an orange enchantment that says Enchanted Creature. As Flickering Ward enters the battlefield, choose a color. Enchanted Creature has protection from the chosen color. This effect doesn't remove Flickering Ward. You pay white and return Flickering Ward to its owner's hand. This card has jumped up 57%, now having an average price of around $11, though you can find them at a market price of around $8. Uh, this, week, this Monday, when we record, the average price is still around 11 Now, this card from Tempest has been moving up since May of last year, apparently, and just kind of really spiked hard recently. Um, it goes in a couple of previous enchantress style decks like saram senior edificer or sithis the harvest hand and that was one of the reasons why it moved up back up in may uh sithis came out in modern horizons too but now for this spike we have some uh unofficial leaks of kamigawa cards uh we're not going to talk about them we'll just say that it's an enchantment based thing that people are speculating on and that is the reason why this card is moving up and how it works is like returning an enchantment to your hand is going to be a good thing for it. So that's all we'll say. Hmm. You can check the links below. If you're interested in it, check the weekly winner article, highly recommend it. Every time we talk about this, I just want to say you should definitely check out the weekly winners article in the first place. Like uh, Arjun goes into way much more depth of what goes on with these cards and what we do. We just glimpse them over because you know, we're on time constraints because <laughs> we don't want to keep you guys bored forever. So moving to the next card, we have the Perplexing Test, the Extended Art edition of it that came out in C21, Commander 21, this last uh, Strixhaven set, the Strixhaven Precons. This card is Blue Blue 3 Instant. Choose one, return all creature tokens to their owner's hand or return all non-token creatures to their, to their owner's hand. This card jumped up 57% and now chilling around $5.21. 
this does have uh, only one other printing. Uh, the extended arts, you can only get in the set boosters, remember, because this is a commander-only card. So the only other printing is in the actual commander deck, and that also commands a $5 price. The market of it is just under 5 but the average is 6 so it is still climbing today. And this is pretty much just a, a solid optional evacuation that has the ability to be very surgical in how it does things. Uh, Brutoclad, the Brutoclad artifact guy, it makes tokens of things. Yep. And so this is a way to bounce your opponent's board while keeping your board and stuff. So like blue token decks appreciate something like this that bounces non-tokens sp- sp- specifically. And uh, getting tossed in decks like that is very good. Like, uh, it's a it's a nicer cyclonic rift yeah. if you can look at it. Like, you got evacuation. You have perplexing test, which might actually be better than evacuation, but just because it's modal and has more more things that it can do instead of just like aha and all be all. Gives you a little choice, a little bit of diversity with one card. So indeed. Now, Big G, we're moving to the cheap pickup section. Heck yeah. Well, those of you looking to play some mono blue and you're looking for that wonderful dragon out of, uh, this is the D&D set, isn't it? Yep, Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. Okay, thank you. All right, so we have Irmith, Desert Doom. I said that wrong. I know I did. Imerith. Imerith. Oh, okay, I wasn't too far you're, off. You're, you're pretty close. Not a D&D guy, but anyway, I should probably use my language art skills a little bit better. <laughs> All right, so this card is sitting at $4.59, and it is slowly trending down. And this card is going to keep moving down because we just talked about it getting printed in the standard Challenger deck coming out in April. Yep, so, I mean, that'll definitely affect the fact that it's going to be going down, but then at the same time, too, you know what? Maybe those cards will start going back up, and you never know. This might be a good time to grab those if you're looking for it. But then the next one is... Sanctum Prelate, and this one's sitting at $5.58, and it's average trending down, but the market is going up. So uh, for those, oh, I didn't even explain Desert Doom. Jeez. Three colorless, two blue, legendary dragon, flying. It is a 5-5, and it has ward four as long as it's untapped, so you can't do anything to it unless you pay four colorless generic mana. Whenever it deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. If you have fewer cards than three in your hand, draw the cards equal to the difference. It's a very solid card. Yes, very much. All right, and then Sanctum Prelate is, as it enters the battlefield, choose a number. And this one is out of Modern Horizons 2, if I didn't mention that already. It's the old border one specifically. Yes. Um, so non-creature spells with mana value equal to the chosen number can't be cast. This is a big D&T card, so. Yep. So, I mean, if you're playing against JB and his D&T deck, there you go. You will probably see this at one point or another. JB might just upgrade his deck with these old border prelates now. He might. You never know. But sometimes he, doing a move like that, you never know. He might call us whales for even mentioning it. Jesus. All right, and then the last one on the cheap pickups is Galazeth Prismari. It is out of Strixhaven. It is two colorless, a blue and a red. Legendary Elder Dragon. It is a 3-4. It has flying. Enters the battlefield. Create a treasure token. Artifacts you control have tap. Add one mana of any color. Spend this only on 
instance and sorceries and it is sitting at five dollars and eleven cents it is trending down and slowly stabilizing so big g if anybody wants to pick up these cards what do people have to uh, do oh. like if they're very finance conscious of like you know these cards that are moving up in price yep. i want to wait for them to move down or these cards that are moving down in price it's like i want to get notified when they get lower what can a person use so i've got four things to say right now before i get to this okay. one you're picking up on my skills of transitions. I love it. Dig it. Thank you. Thank you learn well, young Padawan. Yes. Two, you know, Matt, they could always listen to This Week in MTG where we discuss number three, the weekly winners article. But you know what? If for whatever reason you're on a time constraint and you can't listen to us all the time or maybe, you know what, you're listening as you're going to bed. So you can hear our sultry baritone voices put you to sleep in that nice tender way. I'm really sorry if you're listening to us as you're going to bed. <laughs> That's like fucking nightmare fuel. <laughs> <laughs> but whatever works for you. But if you, like I said, if you're on that time constraint, <laughs> we got dizzy saying go on. If you're on a time constraint, go ahead and jump over to tcgsniper.com. And you can, Matt, you're going to have to help me out with this because I'm normally one transitioning you over to the sniper. Yeah, I know. I fucking flipped the tables on this one. You I wanted did. to see how you, how, you, how you dealt. You did. MTG Sniper is a wonderful resource that you can get singles. You can get sealed product because this is normally where I go, hey, what about if I'm a wanting sealed product and I'm not a singles guy? Um, you can put, right now it is for the basic, it is three, right? Five. Ah, five. They upped it, didn't they? That's what it was. It yeah, used pretty, to be three. Pretty early on, they upped it. But yeah, okay. So they're they're basic free. <laughs> you get uh, five cards or products that you can enter in. So it, what? And you get notified of if you're trying to sell cards when it gets to a certain price. So you want to sell, uh, you want to sell Jimbo Eater of the Dead. Eater of the Dead. Yeah, there we go. At hundred bucks. <laughs> I don't know why I just had a complete and utter brain fart of all of my card name database, and it just went, nope. Not today, bitch. Um, but you want to sell your... Eater of the Dead. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> at 100 bucks, TCG Sniper will notify you when they are starting to sell at 100 bucks, so you can get on either over to your local game store, you can get on to one of the various websites you can sell cards and start selling those. Or... You want to get some even cheaper pickups like we've been talking about for a while, the Fetchlands out of Modern Horizons 2. You want to see them get even cheaper and notified when they get there. So that way you can get your cheap pickups of, I would say, modern staples because oh, they were in Modern Horizons 2. But, um, thank you. Thank you. Uh, so you can find out when they are getting lower and around that maybe you want to pick up some Arid Mesas at 15 bucks type of a deal so that way you know when to go get those at the best value you can also do the sealed product like we said we know jb's got like the modern masters on there so that way they can he can get notified for a good price and all that stuff then if you're looking to pick those up so go check them out and make sure to say that the guys at this week at ngg sent you for three months of their plus membership free of charge quick heads up with some of these cards like the the fetch land specifically so thank you tcg sniper for being amazing go check them out but let's talk about some uh cards here real quick uh you, you just got me onto the fetch land talk here i wasn't expecting to talk about <laughs> fetch lands but you bring it up and it's like yes magic folk we've been talking about this since 
Modern Horizons 2, the Allied Fetchlands, or the enemy, the enemy Fetchlands, Aired Mesa, Steam Vents, Misty. Steam Vents is not a fetch. <laughs> so we've got, they're, they're the enemy. we've got, we've they're got the enemy fetches. We've got Aired Mesa, Marsh Flats, Misty Rainforest, Scalding Tarn. Verdant Catacomb. There you go. I was seeing if you'd get the fifth one. So they're the, uh, the enemy ones. I get those mixed up. Enemies and allies. <laughs> so I had a look at the back of the card there. But yes, they're stupid cheap right now. Modern Horizons, uh, the extended art and the retro frame and the normal Arid Mesa are all uh, $19, uh, $21, $26. So look at that. I wasn't even too far off. Wasn't even too far off. Marsh Flats. You can get a normal Marsh Flats for 20 bucks from Modern, Modern Horizons 2. You can get the extended art for 21 You can get the retro frame for 29 Misty Rainforest, original, uh, normal printing for 29 But then you can get the extended art for 35 Like, remember, guys, Misty Rainforest was like $100 fetch land. And remember, too, we've always talked about this on this week, and... Those are cards, yes, right now they're sitting at a very reasonable price. They will start slowly creeping back up. Yes. After, uh, after Christmas happened, like, uh, and I don't know, like, there's, there's just, there's going to be a little more stock coming out, but at some point, uh, we don't know when, but Modern Horizons 2 is going to stop getting printed, and the Fetchlands are going to start going back yep. up. Right now, the uh, the allied colored ones, so Blessing Meyer, Polluted Delta, and windswept heath. windswept heath those are all moving up in price now like they're because they have they haven't been reprinted they haven't been since printed or uh, modern 17 right no i got the list right here let's take a look no they were the last time they were printed was cons zendikar expeditions well like then that was readily like, accessible ones would be cons correct yeah according yeah. to this cons would be the last one and then you got them in the ultimate. But yeah, fetch lands. I mean, you don't even need them for modern. If you're looking for your commander decks just to like pump them up, like yeah. you only need one. That's tw- like you get in your three color deck, that's 60 bucks, 100 bucks for three lands. Typically for one <laughs> fetch land. Seems like a good deal. So that's that platform for that. Now, the card that I wanted to mention you talking about Kamigawa's p- potential uh, energy. Like there's no confirmation of energy at all. Just the fact that it's like energy thematically would make sense on some on a, on a plane like Kamigawa. And the card I want to bring to you guys' attention is the one, the only Aetherworks Marvel from Kaladesh. So this card for four generic, you get a legendary artifact with whenever a permanent you control is put into a graveyard, get an energy. And then you can tap it, pay six energy, look at the top six cards of your library, you may cast from among them uh, from among them without paying its mana cost a spell. Any spell. You may cast any spell. And then put the rest of the bottom of your library in a random order. You you do... Uh, what's the... Collect a company. You do like a... Yep. You look collect a company deep and get a cast something. If, for those of you that don't remember during uh, Ener- Keladesh Standard, there was Ulamog. There was a Teamer Energy deck where you would be casting Ulamogs off of this like turn four, turn five and be exiling because it's a cast trigger so yeah this thing is stupid cheap right now market price a buck 50 average price a dollar 75 foils are 472 sub five dollars for a foil now this is a foil that can ex- exponentially get greater because the, K- the keladesh foils were still 
the the, the better foils yep. where they weren't a full-on Pringle. Like, yeah, you're going to get some kind of a curl, some kind of a warp, but not to the extent that we have been seeing in the past three years. So Shit, has it been three years? Kaladesh was 2015, sir. I'm, I'm, talk, just, I'm talking about the Pringling. The Pringling. Has it I would really say, been three years? Yeah, 2019. 20, oh, uh, it was just before. was because uh, I, I thought the major Pringling's... No, the major Pringling ha- started in Commander Legends. There's stuff before that, though. Wasn't but like the throne the major well, the major, the major definitely yeah command uh, and that was Legends. only not even a year ago now, year and a half, no, a year and some months. Is twenty twenty one was Commander Legends? Not even a full year yet. Twenty twenty for Commander Legends, in October of twenty twenty. Was it October? Oh, yep. it was October. Never mind. Yeah, Sorry. October, November, whatever, 2020. But yeah, it's yep. just been over a year for, for that, but foiling was always been questioned for a while yep. as well. But yes, Aetherworks Marvel, uh, you can go to Card Kingdom and buy them for a buck fifty. TCG Player has them for $0.66 cents that you could buy from a variety of different uh, a variety of different vendors and stuff there. And according to TCG Metrics, the market price is still a buck fifty-three, a little cheaper than a four seventy-five for a foil. They have uh, the foil market price for about four hundred eight and stuff. Let's just move on to here real quick and look up, see what like Channel Fireball Marketplace is selling them for, because that's another big competitor uh, of of selling cards. I just want to say that this is a solid card that needs to get looked at and it it only has two results there's only the original printing and then there's a pre-release printing and the pre-release printing is selling for about seven bucks yeah you can find light played copies or near mint copies for a buck 20 on channel fireball as well so matt's pick of the week matt's spec pick of the week Aetherworks marvel how many are you gonna go pick up I'll probably pick up 10 and I'll probably pick up some foils too. <laughs> because if I buy like 10 foils for five bucks and they like at least double in price, like if they go to, if they go to fucking $10 a piece, I'd be like, nice. I'd be fine with that. And okay. it's not, and this is a card that's like super priority uh, along with it being, uh, anything that leaves the battlefield, you're going to have like sack effects or, uh, the fetch lands and stuff that are leaving. Like, getting counters getting energies with an eighthworks marvel in play is super easy not only looking at what uh that but if we look at what kamigawa was in the past and being a legendary matters set this is a legendary artifact remember so it can potentially have a, a tutor up a legendary kind of a thing or like uh interact with legendary matters so it has more mm-hmm. access to more axes of being a very solid early pick now you know, so the fun thought that popped into my head as you were talking about this, and it kind of works with the sniper. What's that plug we did? Oh, yep, 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 yep. Are you thinking the same thing I'm thinking? I think I think I'm thinking the same thing you're thinking. What was it about a year back? All of a sudden, we got a notification about some force and negations. Oh, I was not thinking about that. Yeah. Oh, so for those of you who don't know um, or haven't been a part of the Discord, uh, all of a sudden in our Conjured Currency channel, it popped up. Force negation. I'm like, okay, well, I'll go check it out. Fucking $3? Hell yeah. And there was like 70 listed on this TCG player store. Yeah. And not going to lie, I I spec went because we even talked about it on the Discord channel. This has got to be a mistake. 
has to be. Like, it's either sketch or it's a mistake. And we're all going, ah, it's probably a mistake. But. 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 Just in case. Exactly. Exactly. I think think you said you bought a playset. Yeah, I just bought a playset. I went fucking ham. (laughs) (laughs) Because it was like 350. I was like, motherfucker. Give me, give me, I'll take 50 (laughs) because it really was. If it was, if it wasn't a mistake and it was legit, all of a sudden, oh, that's a lot of money in your pocket. Hello. Hi. I'll keep just enough for me and let's flood the market back. That, that is definitely a thing that happens with uh, TCG sniper, but that's, but at the same time, that, that shows how like awesome it is because. Yeah, you can snipe in on these. It's sniped in on a, you know, I think at that time it was a $70 card. It's obviously fluctuated yeah. both directions. So so the thing is with that one is like they had uh, 70 copies at $3. And it was, it was the other way. It was supposed to be the other way around. Three copies so. at $70 for, for those listening. But yeah, so it shows how, you know, even, you know, it might be a mistake, but you know what? It notifies you right away. So it's really cool. And who knows, maybe you can find some new deck pieces for your new deck you're thinking of. That's a, uh, that's, that's a person a good segue there, sir. Hey, Master Apprentice, we're, we're what at, up? We're out of the conjured currency, and we're going <laughs> to quickly jump into a deck of the week here. Uh, even though the time the time is high. but uh, So this deck is a collaboration deck uh, brought to my attention by a friend of, uh, friend of mine, Alex, uh, who is from the Ephemerium, told me about how cool an interaction between two cards is. Dreadhorde Arcanist. Red one for a 1-3 zombie wizard. And this is one of my favorite cards that ever have been printed. I played a Grixis deck that was casting this with Ancestral Recall, or uh, Ancestral Visions. Love that card. So, Dreadhorde Arcanist, Trample, 1-3. Whenever it attacks, you may cast target instant or sorcery with converted mana cost less than or equal to its power from the graveyard without paying its mana cost. Then if the card reopens the graveyard this turn, exile it instead. And the card that it goes very well with is something like Increasing Savagery. <laughs> green, green, 2, sorcery. Put 5 plus 1 plus 1 counters on target creature. If Increasing Savagery was cast from the graveyard, put 10 plus 1 plus 1 counters on the creature instead. So if you could get Dreadhorde Arcanist's power up to four when it attacks, you can cast this from the graveyard and automatically give a creature plus 10, plus 10 counters on it. So how are you going to get Dreadhorde Arcanist a plus three in his, in his attack? With a thing like Reckless Charge, a single red, sorcery, target creature gets plus three, plus oh, and gains haste until end of turn. Flashback of red two. Now, this deck is pretty cheese. It goes on uh, of, like, the, the aggressive side with, like, a bit of cycling through your deck with, like, drawn cards and uh, stuff. So looking at the creatures in the aggressive side, we have Monastery Swift Spear, a four of, Dreadheart Arcanist, a four of, Dragon Rage Channeler, three of, Beaumont Carrier, a two of. So Beaumont Carrier is here as, like, a haste draw engine and as a way to, like, help pitch increasing savageries from your hand to draw, like, new cards. Because uh, so, Beaumont, whenever it attacks, exile the top card of your library face down, and you can pay a red discard your hand and sack it, and then put all cards exiled with Beaumont Carrier into your hand. And, yeah, so it uh, it pitch it 
it helps put increasing savagery into the discord or into the discord into the discard <laughs> pile into the, the graveyard and it also when it is in the graveyard it feeds to dragon rage's channel or delirium so those are the creatures we have three increasing savagery for reckless charge and in the instance we have a couple of different things here uh one way to get cards into the graveyard as well we have cathartic pyre new card from midnight hunt red one instant choose one it deals three damage to target creature or planeswalker or discard up to two cards then draw that many cards this is a pretty solid uh fill your graveyard draw more cards uh probably could look at more things like that but i got that uh four manamorphos there are four snakeskin veil Two Vines of the Vastwood, a single Teamer Battle Rage on this instance. So Snakeskin Veil, Vines of the Vastwood, cool combat tricks to help protect the Dreadhorde Arcanist or whatever you decide to put the plus one, plus one counters on so it doesn't get fatal pushed, which is what this deck is pretty vulnerable to at the moment. Now, so this is this is a very much a brew. It's not in its final stages. This deck is not near complete. This is just throwing cards together to see what works. There's definitely strong synergies. So these next cards in the enchantment section, I'm curious. I, I've enjoyed playing with them so far, but, but I'm not 100% positive. So we have a card called Escape Velocity from Theros Beyond Death. For a single red enchantment aura, enchanted creature, and the enchanted creature gets plus one plus zero oh, and has haste, and it has escape of, uh, it has escape of red one exile two other cards from your graveyard. So you're pitching things into the graveyard, and you can cast this back to give your creatures haste, preferably dreadhorde arcanist, because given dreadhorde arcanist haste is important, because Beaumont carrier monastery swiftsware they already have haste. And then we have two rancor, classic lovely rancor. Moving to the land section. Uh, it is a bunch of, there's no fetches. We got four shocks, four copper line gorges, four stomping grounds when I say shocks, four stop, shock lands, stomping grounds, four copper line gorge, four craig crown pathways, and a forest, a mountain, two fiery islets as a way to like draw cards. Uh, this is a deck that, you know, it wants to put out on the board. It wants to be aggressive. So having more ways to like draw cards into the late game by having the horizon lands here pretty useful i feel and fiery islet being able to produce red is what this deck would prefer the most so that's why there's two in here and some of the extra cheese in this deck there are four ink moth nexus that you could put the counters on or even just pumping up the creature with a become immense or with a reckless charge and stuff like that i'm not even surprised you worked in fact into this i gotta i gotta i just like it so much and it's ink moth Inkbox is one of my favorite cards. You you legit me legitimately just try to make Danny and JB hate the living shit out of your decks, don't you? We've covered this before. When I first learned to play Magic, it was with an Infect deck, so it holds a special <laughs> place in my heart. <laughs> I dig it. You know, obviously, you have to do some play testing with it. You know, do some shuffles and everything, and see how it works out. There could be things that come out that maybe will just work synergistically better for you. I can't go yep this one you should do instead of this one right now i'd have to see how it plays against some of my decks how it plays just maybe on some ghost draws and stuff too but i know like my this discard deck that i want to get done i know is like um wow what was it oh it was that uh cash tournament that paradox did a while back yep. i wanted to try to get that deck up and running for that and i think since then legit have not touched it and it's just due to busyness of life. 
but I feel you on that. Life is very busy. Ugh. Adulting sucks. I agree. I very much agree. But no, I'm excited. Have you got most of this together yet? Like, oh, the decks together. I've oh, run it. Perfect. I'd run it through uh, Modern League at J Dubs a few times. Oh, okay, and I haven't been there I've, in a while. I have stomped uh, Merfolk with this deck. Very okay. good. I almost beat Charbelcher. Oh, Charbelcher just comboed off faster than what I could deal with. All right. I've lost to Demir Control two different times, uh, two different weekends, and. Uh, I played against Burn, and Burn was faster than what I could be. And Burn's faster in a lot of things. Yeah. So. And, yeah. So, I mean, the deck is fun to play. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Uh, I, there, there's, I feel there's definitely different ways that you can go because Dreadhorde Arcanist, being able to recast pump spells seems really good. And then how Dreadhorde casts spells from your graveyard, if you, like, double spell a turn with monastery swift spear that's supposed yeah. to prowess on top of that swinging in for a good amount of damage so it's like trying to find the good balance of like creatures to pump spells but also protection spells so that's the thing it's like i've recently thought about uh cutting back manamorphos maybe for something else that like can double up for something i don't know the metam i i like the metamorphos because i mean it is you're a, it's when you look at the card and look at what it does and what it gives you, it's essentially draw a card for free. Right, right. So, I mean, I think keep it in, especially if you're looking for, you know, you're not trying to storm off, but at the same time you need your pieces to make things work. And sometimes that one extra draw could save you. Well, that's the thing. It's like in in, in a play, like, a way to replace it would be something like uh, Reckless Impulse, new card from Moder- er, uh, Midnight Hunts as well. It is like a light up the stage uh, for two. Yeah. And it, it's two mana, like what Manamorphosis is. Manamorphosis is instant, and you get your mana back. Uh, Reckless Impulse, you don't. You see, that's the thing. That's the, that's where the yeah. tweaking comes. I got to play more with this. And the thing is, is, like when I was talking about Escape Velocity and Rancor, it's like, do I really need those? Like, they're good pumps, but they're not like big pumps. Cause there's definitely a couple times where it's like playing the deck. It's like, I wish I had a higher level of uh, pump spells and stuff. You know what I would almost lean towards? Um, making your pump more reactive. They're, so leaning a little bit more into the instance. I was thinking like, maybe I could get the fetch lands going in here and have like groundswell as a way. Yeah. Cause groundswell landfall plus four plus four. Or I could do the stomping one from Kelheim where it's foretell for a single green and it gives plus four, plus four. But yeah, that kind of thought process where I think, you know, you've only got four, well, four total enchantments between those two. I think, I feel like you could, you just put four ground swells in and switch up your land base a little bit to make it more optimized for landfall. One fun thing, one fun thing I will note it, I will note on, is uh, Rancor and Inkmoth, really cool combination, because as soon as Inkmoth becomes a creature, Rancor falls off, but then it goes into your hand again. So it's just like... It is a cool thing, but like you're... And then a continuous prowess trigger with that, so it's like you can still get two angles. It's like, yeah. But here's here's the honest-to-goodness thing you were talking earlier about. You you like building your jank. Oh, yeah. But oh, you yeah. want to win a little bit more. I... It is a cool thing. It is a fun little cheeky thing that you can continue doing over and over again. Is it worth it and will it win you the game? I can make it work. 
That's the thing. I, can, I Will, feel like I, I can feel, you make it work on a consistent basis? When this thing hits, it hits, and I just got to figure out how to do it because uh, a couple times, like gold fishing it, yeah, I've been able to like turn three kill pretty consistently. Okay, just with a goldfish. All right. Um, the thing is, is, like when I get into interactions, like dealing with different interaction, I have to like resequence my spells if I'm playing against like, okay, so they're doing this. I don't want my dreadhor to get lightning bolted. Yeah, which is really sad to have happen. So, I mean, that's just one of those things. And it, like we said, you just gotta kind of play through and see what's what. So, links down below if you want to help test this out and give your two cents on here. I am up with any kind of uh, suggestions. And I've got my account on Moxfield up and running, but I don't have any decks yet. Because again, nice. yeah, I haven't had the time to do the upload and switch over to Moxfield. So, but yeah, make sure to check us out on Moxfield. And with that, Magic Folk, thank you for being legendary and making it all the way to the end of episode 121 of this week in MTG. Uh, we want to give a big thank you to all of our lovely patrons who help support and make this podcast a thing. And if you guys want to pick up playmats, you don't have to be a patron to pick up playmats. You just hit me up on Discord, Twitter, Facebook, and we'll talk about how to get that shipped to you. And I'd love to ship you playmats. They're 20 bucks a piece. And uh, you don't have to pay tax with us. If you go to JDubs, JDubs are also selling our playmats. Uh, 20 bucks a piece there, but you do have to pay sales tax. So, I mean, I don't know, give or take, it's, it's good. The playmats are dope. Uh, from there, send love to JDubs Sports Cards and Gaming for being our amazing sponsor. Now, Big G, you got anything else you want to add to this episode? Not necessarily this episode. I'm just glad I get to be a more regular part of the podcast now. Glad to have you here. Yeah, yeah. Very glad to have you here. Four schmucks with microphones. Four schmucks with microphones. The power of schmucks. We've leveled up. That's pretty good. We're four allies. We've leveled up. I don't know about allies now. We'll catch you next time. See ya. Okay. <laughs> Congratulations, you made it to the end of this week's episode of This Week in MTG. Your listenership means so much to us. Make sure to follow the podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or on the podcatcher of your choice. You can watch the live stream recording of the podcast every Monday night at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time over on YouTube and twitch.com slash thisweekinmtg. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can send us a message to our Facebook, Twitter, or send us an email at thisweekinmtg at gmail.com. For all these links and more, check out our link tree at linktr.ee slash thisweekinmtg. Thanks so much! If Wizards does not give me some goddamn Metal Gear Solid art, there will be no more this week in MTG.